Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hi, I'm Buzz Dixon. I am the writer and story editor of G.I. Joe, and I'm here at Knowing is Half the Podcast, and uh, I'm with Ray, Robert, and Gina, and have a good time. He never gives up. He'll stay till the fight's won. G.I. Joe will dare. G.I. Joe Welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. No. No? No. What's that? I gave you a normal intro, Chan, and you told me we weren't recording. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And so now I will punish you. I will stop this. I will stop this recording right now. I will turn this car right around. (laughs) We're at a a detente here. Mutually assured destruction. You give us a decent intro or I stop the damn tape. I think that was one of my better intros, to be fair. That was the most obnoxious. We have done this for, I don't don't even know, hundreds. hundreds. Have we hit 200 uh, Uh, yet? Uh, We're probably pretty close. Yeah, we haven't hit it yet, but we got pretty close. Uh, and you have not done a worse intro than that one right there. Okay, Gina, you're the arbiter here. I like it because I'm, I'm able to eat chicken while you're doing the intro because it lasted a long time. Okay, see? So great intro. Thank you. That's what I get out of that. Keep fighting until the pork is gone is, <laughs> I guess, is what's happening here. You guys on Twitter can tell this at home. Worst hashtag worst intro ever or, or hashtag let Gina eat the hashtag let Gina eat. I like that hashtag. <laughs> let us know at G.I. Joe podcast. You guys, guys the, ta- the catering at Yahoo is insane. The just catering so you at know. Yahoo is insane. So I brought food to Ray and Chan today to eat and now I am eating it. For the record, though, it was it was very delicious. It was wonderful. Uh, chicken and pork and polenta and mm, mm-hmm. delicious. Who are you people? What? You haven't said your names yet. I know. Well, you, you just, you're just trying to pretend like you don't, like this is an anonymous podcast now? I'll, I will dox you, Chan. We've said my name several times. <laughs> I'm the one eating chicken. You, you guys are the ones who people get confused with voices. No, dude, I'm, you guys at home will have to let us know because I have heard this. Uh, this was a season ago. Yeah. I used to hear all the time from people, not all the time, but more often than I should, mm-hmm. that they could not tell my voice apart from Chan's. That's insane. And Samir, I don't think Samir we sound anything tell alike. You guys like. Samir the, cannot tell you guys alike. He, that is so he crazy to me. He thinks that it is you talking and it is 
Chan talking and vice versa. Like, he we knows don't... you both in person. Yeah. He said in person he has no trouble telling voices the apart. The cold, steely anger that drips off my words. And the ludicrous absurdity of everything I say at any given point, and my enthusiasm alone, you would think would be enough. That's That should be the, the point where you can differentiate. No. So uh, welcome back to the Science Jerks. My name is Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> How was, dare that you? Make, that would make me Dave Chacho. How dare you? I mean, if people can't tell us apart anyway, I may as well be you on a Science Jerks episode and see if anybody notices. Uh, this was actually... Uh, Today, I have had to record... Uh, I have this is to... a podcast marathon day for you. Yeah, I'm recording all of my podcasts today because, for some reason, everything got jammed up, and, and here we are. Um, and today was the first day that I was introduced as Robert Clark Chan on The Science Jerks. I believe this will also be the first time on this podcast. Uh, last week, I pimped you out to say it because we were talking about it because it was the wedding episode. Right. So we did talk right. about it briefly. Wait, but uh, real talk, you like you like us better than those other podcasts, right? <laughs> I'm Robert Clark Chan. <laughs> wow, that look was that look was something. <laughs> If only, if only you guys could uh, see us here. Where's the camera? Can hey, we get Samir, this hope a... you could have heard that <laughs> and know which one of us gave the withering glare to who. Yeah, that was it. It wasn't to me for the first time ever on this show. So no. milestones, everybody. There you go. <laughs> well, we are talking about an episode here called Joe's Night Out, the clubbing into space episode of G.I. Joe. What This episode is one that I remembered a very specific line from it, and I texted you guys about it. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it, but there's a very specific human thing that one of the Joes does that even as a 10, 11 year old child, I went, that's not physically possible. A specific human thing. Yeah. We'll, we'll mention it when we get there. No, I, have, I just meant your, your choice of wording is very, very I'm Trying odd. to be generic enough that, you know, human. you human food eaters. <laughs> what do we, that's what an alien would say if he was not doing a good job. Being an alien, trying to be a human. David Schwartz. Now, what else has David Schwartz written? Because no he idea. he wrote this episode, and that name is not familiar to me at all. Um, usually, this is where Gina steps in, but she is with the polenta and pork right now, she so is she will not pork. be she will not be helpful. I'm You're not, not touching, I'm the not pork? touching the pork. That's for you guys. Okay, uh, I ate wait, the chicken. Did you? Okay, yeah. Because what? Because you're uh, you converted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys can't see this. I she have, is actually wearing a full burka. Uh, you cannot see her face. Uh, the magic of radio, you know. And pork for lunch. You can't have two porks. I know other people who Bad have those rules happens. before, where they can't eat the same protein twice in the same day. Well, pork is also one of those things that I feel like is a sometimes food, like cookies for Cookie Monster. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Pork is one of the main food groups. It's no, the other white meat. I feel like you do like pork like twice a month, maybe. Oh, no. I do pork twice a week, at oh, least. Man. You're going to explode. Good Lord. Uh, Gina, I will say for the record, uh, I did get my physical today, and I am in tip-top shape for a dumb fat guy. What he he told went me. to a, a guy on the street who said he was a doctor. Well, it was Dr. Feelgood. He told me, though, everything was going to be all right. It was Jake the Snake Roberts. <laughs> he put two <laughs> fingers in his butt. <laughs> you're and like, he you're fine, that a medical kid. examination. You guys, I'm of an age now. I do need the prostate exam. Um, uh, David Schwartz wrote two episodes. One is Joe's Night Out. The other is Computer Complications. Oh, okay. Computer Complications, the Zorana mainframe episode. Yep. Ooh. Which is weird. Now, this guy seems to really like his recurring themes because there is yes. a lot of callbacks to other Joe episodes in this one. Also, he's a romantic. Oh, absolutely. He's a romantic. You're going to have to explain that how it works out in this episode in particular. 
I hate Leatherneck so much. He's kind of a tool in this episode. That is true. Well, let's just open it up here. So Leatherneck and Wetsuit are doing some busy work around the Joe base because they want to get out and see a new club. There's a new dance club that looks like the Space Needle in Seattle somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on, you guys. I am so sorry. Yes, to I'm be sorry. No, what's like up? This. I just kept looking through David Schwartz's IMDb. Uh-oh. Uh oh. He's written a bunch. He's written a bunch of cartoons. Crap ton of them. Um. Uh, he'd been doing it for like 20 years or so. Foofer. I was like, ha, 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 cute foofer. That's a stupid name. Then I saw Potato Head Kids. I'm like, ew, good Like God, Mr. Potato fuck? Head had kids and they had a show? I think maybe or maybe like there was someone who was super racist against Irish people. Oh, I was like, you know what? I hope that's Just do a case. cartoon. It's called Potato Head Kids. And give them all Irish accents and don't mention anything. I don't know who that person is, but case. he sounds like he would be racist against Irish people. Um, I have an idea for a show. It's called Dirty Irish Urchins. What do you think? How about we call it Potato Head Kids? I mean, if that's what if that's what'll make it play on network television, that's fine. I think Man, you're correct. Those, it's children those... of Mr. Potato Head. Uh, it's creepy as. And then Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head are both like stage parents that force their kids into. A show. <gasps> they would be the worst. Yeah. Hold on. Let me put on my disapproving eyes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the record, you guys are doing the Patreon at home. If you want us to do an episode of Potato Head Kids, I now know that's a thing, and I would like to do it. Ray, I, I hate you. Is that is that actually a thing? Like, can we? F- There's a lot of things that I'm sure people would like us to do that just don't exist anymore. Oh, YouTube, everything exists, sir. Everything exists. All right, well, do your thing. I'm gonna. Oh, son of a bitch! There are Potato Head Kids episodes on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, we're just going to take a quick diversion here and Sorry, look guys. at the intro to Potato Head Kids. Let's see what this looks like. Oh, I like it. I 100% watched this show when I was a kid. I remember this now. For real? What? That this? I don't. I don't. This can't. Hundred percent. Remember that potato kid rolling into the flowers and looking at the camera while he did so. There's an episode called Potato Olympics. Oh. Potato Olympics, guys. If you guys at Patreon go to Patreon.com/slash Knowing Us Half the Podcast, a twenty dollar uh, sponsorship of the show, we'll get you any episode of any cartoon, and we will we will do a show about it. We I, will watch it. We will talk about it. I will murder you. Potato Head Kids. Was it Paralympics? What was the name of the I show? Will, I will mail you my yes. spit if you do this. Yeah, Potato Head Kids. <laughs> The Paralympics episode, <laughs> where they go and watch potatoes with no feet. Well, you could take them off very easily. Yeah, they Jan. had no; they're potato heads, so they had feet, and they took them off to to uh, compete in the Paralympics. <laughs> and they play basketball. That sounds like cheating. So, are That's... they going to put them back on after the Paralympics, or are they just resigned to? See, I I'm think just... I think that if you're a potato head and you're in the Paralympics. You probably took your feet out like as a joke, and then and then your holes got sealed up so you couldn't put your legs back on. I feel like it was an earring hole. Is that what you're going here, for? Here's right the thing: there? like in the real world, there was actually uh, I feel like there was someone who wanted to compete in the Paralympics and like wasn't uh didn't have wasn't a person with disabilities. It was a Johnny Knoxville movie. Uh oh yeah, yeah. It was a Johnny Knoxville movie. Oh was it? You're thinking of that. It's it's uh, uh I forget the name of it, but it's terrible. Don't really? Yeah, he plays he plays He like plays a, a normal guy. Well he's he's a normal guy, but then he wants to compete in the Olympics to get money and so he pretends he has Down syndrome and uh, it is a truly and, offensive and, and terrible movie. With him, and the other Olympians like figure him out very quickly because uh-huh. they're like not stupid. 
And then they help him train and win. Oh. Here's the deal. Oh, I will never awesome. in my life go see that movie. I almost guarantee 100% I will watch an episode of Potato Head Kids after we finish recording <laughs> late tonight when I'm by myself. I like to put on the U-tubs oh, and watch Potato he's Head gonna, Kids. He's going to draw himself a bath and light some candles and watch <laughs> Potato Head Kids. Is, that's, how I, that's how I amuse myself. This is more disturbing to me than uh, some movie about Johnny Knoxville <laughs> trying <laughs> to be in the Special Olympics. I feel like in the world of potato heads, uh, the Paralympics would be a different thing. It wouldn't be for people, or potatoes, I'm sorry, PWDs, potatoes with disabilities. Uh, it would be It would be like a particular kind of challenge uh, like a three-legged race or whatever. So like, Oh, it'd be like more potatoes. like camp activities. Right, because potatoes could just pull their feet off and like, okay, let's do this. Thing oh, with my feet, and they would do like things blindfolded and they would pull their eyes out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a lot less depressing <laughs> than the idea of the potatoes. <laughs> like, I bet there are some that have been involved in horrible accidents. I bet some of them have been put into fryers. <laughs> I bet some of them have lost, I have like gotten a limb caught into like a curly fry machine. Sure. I mean, if they, one of them ended up in the kitchen, they definitely would have their eyes cut out. Oh my god! Yeah. So he falls in a fryer. He looks like that movie Mask. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that's With Eric scary. Stoltz. Eric wow. Stoltz. Oh, yeah. Wow, Ray. Oh man, it's a great wow. movie from the '80s, around this exact same time period. Might I point out? That's true. It's a big movie. But anyway, getting back to the episode, Joe's Night Out. Um, we had oh, a callback. Right. We do a GI Joe podcast, don't oh, we? Who knew? <laughs> uh, much longer, but we have we have a callback of uh, a doctor, Doctor Mulaney. Uh, is a callback from a previous Wait, episode. Is he? Yes. Um, I first thought he was the doctor from the primordial plot episode. Okay. But that was not him. Uh, that was like doctor. It was uh, doc. It wasn't. Ah, I, I didn't write the name down, but it's a different doctor with a very di similar but different name. But Dr. Mullaney is the doctor from No Place Like Springfield. The episode where Shipwreck gets the yeah. secret. Do that's the same Dr. Mullaney who implants the code in Shipwreck's brain. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one in the jungle with the long fingernails. Yes. Yeah. And so it's the same dude. Okay. So he survives that episode, and now he's like a, a happy-go-lucky oh, member of the Joe he, team. He integrated back into society well. Yeah, and so that was the idea to turn a water also, into a bomb. That was his deal. I feel like he's great at escaping. He's probably one of the smartest scientists we've seen so far, then. Well, yeah. he's got to be. He's not that angry dude. Remember the one who tried to control all the animals? And if, if Cobra oh. would break his girlfriend out of jail or something I like that? I that guy. That was pretty mean. Um, so Dr. Mullaney's got this idea here. He's showing mainframe. It's a jet engine that works on the nitrogen in the air, but the problem is it gets too hot and blows up. Chan so then mainframe... Yes. So mainframe touches it after it's on fire, and he's surprised that it's hot? Mainframe has a couple issues in this episode. That like, would be the biggest. Uh, the scientists didn't think to be like, oh, be careful, that's hot. But also, it was just on fire, and mainframe's um, like, I'm going to touch it. Ow, that is hot. I assume the scientist is like, well, clearly mainframe is not going to touch the thing that just blew up from being <laughs> too hot. I obviously don't need to tell he did it. He did it. There it is. <laughs> this is one of those things like how, you know how... Uh, you can grow up, and then they'll be like, yeah, you know, it's just like Stand By Me. You're like, oh, yeah, I've never seen that movie. And people are like, what, what is wrong with you? What's you haven't seen Stand you? By Exactly. It's like that, except that uh, somewhere along the line, nobody ever told Mainframe not to touch hot things. <laughs> so it was like, you know, he's like, Psh, like, didn't your mother ever teach you not to touch hot things? No. And he doesn't no, learn? No, she didn't. He doesn't have that part of his brain that learns? 
Uh, no, he learns. Obviously, he never touches another hot thing again. It's just this is the first time he's been presented with a thing that is hot. That's uh, wow. In in all his years, yeah, he's we've never, seen him. He's never had hot food. We, I feel bad for him. We've now. seen him saying, do soldering before in this show, <laughs> right? But I'm just saying, like, there are people who have not seen Stand by Me. That's and true. The appropriate response is what? What? What is wrong with you? That's true. Same thing with hot things. Okay. Also, I haven't seen Stand by Me. Uh, what? Shan. Shan. <laughs> What the f was that? Uh, Will Wheaton in, from Stand by Me, by the way, super woke Twitter feed. Oh, oh yeah, Will W, uh, fantastic one right also, there. Also, Stand by Me, Wesley Crusher. No, Will Wheaton. Wesley Crusher. Mm-mm. Wesley Crusher. We that- forgive him for Wesley Crusher now. You don't say like, oh, you know, Will Wheaton. The one kid from Stand By yeah, Me. Yeah, he's the lead. Because then you're like Stand River Phoenix, me. and you're like, no, no. Anyone who has seen Stand By Me knows he is the lead. He grows up to be Richard Dreyfus. He is the lead. He is the one narrating the story. It is his story. Also, he's in he's in uh, Toy Soldiers. He's the one from Toy Soldiers that gets killed in Toy Soldiers. Yeah, and the Will Wheaton Project. Are we forgetting that opus? Also, Will Wheaton, who is from Twitter, who is woke AF. Uh, All I'm going to say is I'm looking at the poster for Stand By Me. You know who's up top? Will Wheaton. Corey motherfucking Feldman. He was the most famous at the time. Everyone knows who that is. So what? Corey Feldman. Crazy, crazy motherfucker. And going clockwise, River Phoenix, Fat Jerry (laughs) O'Connell. And only at the very end there... Everybody's favorite uh, engineering. It's because it's his story. He tells the puke story. He's Richard Dreyfus. Will Wheaton. Yeah, but like Winona Ryder was the lead person from Stranger Things, but it wasn't necessarily. It was about the kids. It wasn't about Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder. First of all, Will was like, if you said, if you said, yeah, okay, okay, whatever. No one's ever seen anyone here. You're all crazy (laughs) people. There you go. Well, Ch- just Chen, going back to the episode, if we could. Wait, uh, I have a comment to make. Yes. In the amount of time that we have been podcasting, <laughs> I have had Facebook interactions with both Mrs. Clark Chan and Mrs. Oki. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> oh, damn it! She's uh, been sending she messages. said, "I love snakes." And I am going to tell her that we were just talking about Jake the Snake putting two fingers up Ray's butt. Yeah, she's not going to want to want to see hear that message. Um, I'll say right now, what is the deal with uh, the jet engine that uh, runs on nitrogen in the air? You're the science jerk on the show, uh, Chan. What 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 is the science behind that? Uh, the science is nitrogen is inflammable. So I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's getting too hot. That's the problem. It would make sense if somehow they were able to. No, it wouldn't make sense. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was about to say you could just pull oxygen out of the air, but no, it doesn't work that way. You need oxygen plus a flammable thing to make a, a combustion. Th- this makes zero GD sense. Uh, it's because it hasn't been invented yet, okay? Nitrogen? You know? Nitrogen is existing. Yeah, this, this type of thing hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, and you know who invented nitrogen? God. I'm just saying, Thank you. before cars were a thing, people would have been watching a cartoon about cars and they would have been like, what are these? What are these? This is crazy. Oh, like a cell phone, like a modern iPhone right. in a cartoon from the 80s you'd look at and you'd be like, oh, that's obviously no, crazy. No, it would what, never happen. What Gina is saying is that <laughs> before cars were invented, yes. people were watching their color televisions right. and saying, what is this um, weird contraption that exactly. drives around without horses? Strangely enough, I had no problem with that part of the statement. <laughs> None whatsoever. I was just on board, ready to keep going to the next point. <laughs> Uh, dial tone, okay, dial tone wetsuit and leather neck. You're going to this ritzy club. Wait, you you sk- 
part where what am I they, skipping they over? force him. They force him to call. That's where I'm at. Girl. Yeah. Yeah. He, so they, they're like, dial tone. You know, ladies. Call <laughs> some ladies and get them to bring other ladies so we have dates to this fancy club tonight because we're clubbing. He is clearly very uncomfortable with this arrangement. Amazingly. As like, I would be if these were to my two ma- man friends and they were like, hook us up with one of your lady friends. But I feel right now that I, I guess later in the episode, my theory is already destroyed, but it feels like dial tone has not been dating Holly for very long. Like they may be going out on one date no. and he's already asking her to bring her friends. I actually, yeah. I think he would make a good a good dating guy a good dating guy the other two no here's the thing (laughs) yes (laughs) this entire conversation uh where he's all guys have only known holly a short time Uh and they're uh like oh we'll bring her friends sounds like the end of leaving las vegas Ooh, okay um like this hey guys tonight we party (laughs) this is what happens before the scene uh, where what's her face is in the shower, and I don't remember leaving Las Vegas. Oh, so. it's been a long. Hey, time. don't shame me. Okay, You've never you seen guys. Stand by Me. Okay, no, that's no, a great I'm, point. No, no, no. What I'm saying, if you is, had to see one of those two movies, you see Stand, Stand by, by me. me. All right, I'm gonna bring it down. down. I'm bringing it down. There's the episode where what's who's the uh, uh, who's the female actor in that uh, movie Leaving Las Vegas. There's is uh, it is it Carrie Bradshaw? Is it Madeline Kahn? Isn't it, is. it? Isn't it Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City? Isn't it her? It is. It is not. It is her, right? It is. Isn't Eliz- it Will Wheaton? I want to say Elizabeth Shue, <laughs> but I could be River mistaken. Phoenix. Oh, I'm thinking of River Phoenix. Elizabeth Shue. Thank you very much. Oh, the, this is the alcohol Elizabeth movie, Shue. and not the movie where Nick Cage jumps out of a plane dressed like Elvis. That's Honeymoon yes. in Vegas. Yes. Okay, I'm. I'm getting this the is the movie views. where Elizabeth. They're basically Shue the same movie. <laughs> is a prostitute, and she shows up at a room full of dudes. Uh-huh. And there's a huge gang rape scene, and she's uh, Never like seen this movie. huddled up in yeah, I know that's the not shower, at all. bleeding. No. no, it's not. It's not funny at all. That sounds hilarious. That's why, I right? Did, I feel like Honeymoon I, in Vegas, I, guys. I, I, yeah, I would rather. We're the flying Elvises in, in a, a gang rape scene. It's. I mean, that's the thing about leaving Las Vegas <laughs> is like, it's as dark as you can get, and like, well, let's let's crank it down another notch. Let's and then just they try keep and fix going. each other, right? Because he's yes. an alcoholic and she's a stripper, and they're yes. like, let's fix each other because we're both yes. damaged individuals. And he dies in the end. Oh, so it's uh, like that one movie, alert. that ever, uh, the, the drug movie, the one with Jennifer Connelly and the... Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah Requiem, Requiem for a Dream. Requiem for a Dream. That's yep. like the darkest movie I've ever That's seen. That's a movie I could only watch once. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, why would you do that again? Uh, and then never have again. Not seen it. Oh. Can I tell you, I was at a game convention... You. No, I was at a game convention and there were a bunch of like young people there. We're talking like this gonna tie into Requiem for a thirteen to sixteen year old like teenagers uh-huh. at this game convention around yep. this hotel. And there was a moment I realized walking up and down the hallways, you know, drunk and like walking around and like I see the kids and they have their iPads out and they're like watching movies and I'm like, I wonder what movie the youngsters are watching these days. Sure. And they were watching Requiem for a Dream. Yep. I bet were you they that laughing? they were like in yes. their twenties. <laughs> No, these people you should, you were should like watch 15. It, Jan. It'll make you want to kill yourself. You should it's watch it. It's a very upsetting right. movie. And I will say to you, watch Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, it will make you want to kill yourself. Uh, Guys, I'm just uh, going to watch the Potato Head Kids <laughs> and also want to kill myself. Yeah, I feel like. <laughs> there, tell us if there's a scene in there where one of the Potato Head Kids uh, shoots a needle into his already open, seeping wound because he thinks it's a good idea. And then he has to get that arm amputated. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, bet, I bet that'll be in there. And then, then he has to take part in the Paralympics. <laughs> you guys, if you are listening to this, <laughs> we decided not to excise this entire section. And we I'm left sorry. everything in. I am for so reasons sorry. I can't. I'm only about three lines down on my notes right now. <laughs> I mean, 
we could cut this thing and it's still going to be a perfectly normal length episode oh and you will uh, you will be happy look here's uh, the deal i'm gonna move forward leatherneck gets the ugly girl <laughs> First of all, all, we don't know what her personality is like. Her personality is terrible. By the way, he is not not a prize himself. He is not a prize himself. Not even close. And here's the thing. She's not a fatty. No, she, no. She, she has very fixable physical flaws. I she's got like buck teeth. Wait, and it, is, uh, I thought braces. her only flaw was that she was wearing glasses. Oh, she wasn't. That's wearing not glasses. a flaw as far as is I'm that concerned. A she's, person? Not, she's not. She's wearing glasses. not wearing glasses. She just though. has weird buck teeth. Dial tones. Girl Holly like is a, the one sort in the glasses. Like a chipmunk face. Yeah. Uh, and Leatherneck is mean to her. I, he is openly mean to her. He's hostile. I hate him so much. I'm, I'm bad. A, I'm into effed up teeth. Okay. That, yeah, Leatherneck is just the, the worst. Well, so I just he's so unappreciative. They uh, go to this club, which looks like the Seattle Space Needle, and we find out it's the first day for all the just staff. The Space Needle, dude. You know what it's called? Seattle also, Space Needle. That's so people know at home. The, also, there is a sweet, sweet tune on oh, the jukebox in this scene. And what's the song? Talking about callbacks. Uh, I don't boss know. Video what is system. It? Oh, you don't remember? No, it's Oh. Oh, oh okay, uh, that's where we it. are now. Here we go. Yeah. Going to this club is the most. You don't remember. You don't recognize oh, that song. Oh yes, Satin. It's Satin from oh, a Pyramid that of Darkness. That is a hell of a callback. Whoa, yeah, that is I absolutely. I was. I have it right here. Satin song. I did not notice that. Yep, that's the Satin song from Pyramid oh, of Darkness. I'm glad she's still getting getting money. Well, and we find out that this is a Cobra nightclub, so they are openly playing the music of an of an open enemy to their cause. I mean, she used to be. I, I bet. I here's the thing. I, Cobra seems like the type of guy, like Donald Trump, to convince himself that that ended amicably. You know what? That's probably fair. Like, like he was probably like, "Oh, she used to be a singer in my club. I take, I take all the credit for her success. I'm gonna play her songs." Guys, and then when people are like, "Hey, do you remember when she like escaped and beat up some of your soldiers?" He'd be like, "That didn't happen. That's fake news." You know, we still own the rights to the song. It would be shame to pay money for something we already yeah, have. I bet it's still co- one of Cobra Commander's favorite songs. Oh, probably is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he th- he actually he plays that song at night when he's like Serpentor yells at him and he yeah. plays that and he's like I'm the cobra that got away yeah he's like I could have had a great life with Satin I could have settled down into it yeah well this is the first day it's called Club Open Air what's yep. what Serpentor calls it Club Open Air it is not an open air club there is no, no. balcony there is no they're in a room no it's they're- ironic because we'll soon find well, that yes we will air uh, I do not recall if this is the case. Because in the 80s, I was not old enough to go into uh, uh, dance clubs and what have you. Uh-huh. Uh, were, was it normal for them to have video games? Arcades, yeah. yeah. For, no, no, no. For a dance club, the sort of place where you go to get sweaty, dance with uh, loose uh, uh, members of the opposite sex, and do cocaine in the bathroom. Yes. I'm going to say right now, in the 80s, I bet it was. Yes, it's it's still common now. I know clubs that have arcade games and things like that. Yeah, I, I there was a goth club I went to back in Detroit. Go ahead and judge me. And that goth club had like Tekken right there, like near the bar. Yeah. And you could play it. And then there was the dance area on the other side. That is absolutely a thing that yeah. is fairly, I consider it normal. There was a dance club in my town that had like, like the center was a dance club. And then around the like perimeter, there were, there were video games. Also, if you watch San Junipero on Black Mirror, they have, they have dance floor arcade games. Chan, have you ever been to a dance club? <laughs> I guess is the question what do you I have. Think dance clubs are like. I uh, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait for this. Uh, the only dance club that I f- frequent uh-huh. 
on a semi-regular basis. Yeah. Don't you dare say your living room because is, that is upsetting. The Echo has a night called Funky Soul yes. where they play Into it. like yes. okay. 60s uh-huh. and 70s funk and soul and it's just fantastic. There is nary a video game to be seen. Okay. It's just that's dance just floors echo. and booze. Yeah, and they that's they're too cool for that. And that's fine. That's fine. I would nah, much it's rather great. It's great because you what you do is you dance your ass off, you're all sweaty, and then you're like, Whoo, I need a break. But you don't want to just stand on the sides. So you're like, I need a break. I'm gonna play some I'm gonna play some Tekken, I'm gonna play some Mortal Kombat. But it's also good for people who are a little more antisocial. So you can be out around mm-hmm. people but then mm-hmm. focused in on your own thing. Yep. And it beats jerking off in the corner. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Uh, we find out that the entire uh, club is a rocket ship, and this is when the episode what? goes to crazy town. A rocket as, in the pocket. As they're up on a giant like thing, and then it shoots off into space. And I think my favorite moment here is... is uh, the junkyard and Mutt are the first people to see. They are. Uh, uh, were they? That yes. was my favorite part. Yeah. Was like, and then they cut to junkyard and Mutt like, like what the huh? fuck? Why? <laughs> well, no, my favorite part Aww. is uh, Professor Malay, Dr. Mullaney looks up and goes, hey, isn't that that ritzy new club that all your Joe <laughs> friends are at? He recognizes the club from it going into space. Mullaney's woke, man. I mean, they, He's a party dude. They probably have seen it being built. He's probably been like, I can't wait to go there. Maybe they'll yeah. have video You think Mulaney goes there to play the video game? I mean, he hasn't because it's the first night that it opened. Like, the economics of this is insane because the Space <laughs> Needle was built for the World's Fair. Right. Yeah. Like, it's a serious thing. And the reason why you can say Seattle Space Needle is because you know where it is because it's such a, an important landmark. Right. Uh, it's like the St. Louis Arch, like which was oh, also built for a World's Fair. So why Fair. don't you just call it the Arch, Chan? Why do you have to say the St. Louis arch? Because we would think he was talking about McDonald's, about a half of a McDonald's. Because there's more than one arch. Is there more than one Space space Needle? needle. I'm referring to the one in Montreal. Are you? I hope there's one in Montreal, (laughs) because otherwise that reference is... Uh, My point is that uh, however many millions of dollars that cost... Uh uh This is an expensive club. Not just a dance club. How much does NASA pay for a rocket ship? Yeah. Combine those two together Ooh. and then multiply it by 50% to make them work together. And this thing okay. is not aerodynamic. Okay, here is my, here is my <laughs> right. immediate, immediate reaction. G.I. Joe will return after these messages. We're looking at Cobra's new high-speed attacker, the Cobra Stun. Look, it's a G.I. Joe recon slip. After him. The Cobra Stun holds 11 Cobra soldiers. Cobra! And during battle with the Joes, the front end of the stun can separate and take them on. It's really dangerous, Cobra Stun. Really dangerous to G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe. Live the adventure of G.I. Joe. Cobra Stun comes with driver, G.I. Joe recon sled and figures sold separately. Back to G.I. Joe. So once they actually, spoiler alert, they're going into space. Oh. Once they actually get into space, all those people will be sick as fuck. Yep. You can't just fly into space. Spacemen do lots and lots of testing. But not only do that, the spacemen are also strapped in. These people are just standing around a dance floor. This the G forces they would be experience. Yeah, I would be barfing on everyone, and then there would just be barf. <laughs> My yep. barf would be floating. And you're telling me at a dance club where people are drinking and dancing and sweaty. Ooh. Oh, that's right. They're huh? shot in space. There's going to be liquid puke everywhere, floating everywhere. Weirdly, the only liquids that we see in the entire uh, episode are cans of Coke. Nope. The yeah. other second one, the fish tank. 
Oh, with the right. fish in it because right, now those right. fish are dead. Like oh. those fish are casualties. Oh. Sorry, Gina. Look delicious. Serpentor's big plan here is I shot this club into space. And give me Professor Mullaney because I want his nitrogen engine thing. Oh, my God. This is the best. So he oh spent my God. billions of dollars making billions. a functioning club and a functioning spaceship. That defies all sorts of laws of physics to, to, to happen. It's, For something that he could have spent a fraction of just kidnapping Dr. Yeah, Mullaney. Yeah, he could have gotten Zartan to go and kidnap him. Uh, well, no. what I, all, all the He took these people as hostages. He got maybe three dozen people as hostages. <laughs> he could have gotten any three dozen people because these aren't these aren't like politicians. They're not scientists. <laughs> Why they're go out of your way special. to abduct Joes? They're like people. they're the ones who are going to give well, you a problem. Uh, we don't know who they well, are. Actually. That was an accident. Uh, you think? Yeah, yeah the Joes were definitely an accident because he let because Cobra had a choice to let them into the club or not. No, the no. the the doorman was just some guy, just some schmo. The guy. Well, it was his first day, I guess. Everybody's right. first day. They they. The plan was to take whoever was in that club on the first night that it had opened and shoot him up into space. And take a club not from where Joe Headquarters is located. Nah, like... he wants him to see it. But can I okay, say that Dial Tone, Dial Tone, great date. Like, yes. I would actually go on a yes. date with Dial Tone because he's polite to his ladies, yep. polite to all the ladies. Mm -hmm. And then he's smart enough to patch through to Joe Headquarters. When he was when that's, he said that, I was like, "This is a successful fucking date." That's cuckoo banana pants, and it couldn't <laughs> possibly happen. But yes, if uh, if a Joe could do that, then yeah, I would fuck mm -hmm. him too. <laughs> could, could I get to now? Wetsuit? Why wetsuit would be really good? And I think this this might come into play for a future fuck Mary kill. Wetsuit does something that no human can do. And he brags about it at least 50 times during the episode. I can do this. He can hold his breath for four minutes. I can do this. And even as an 11-year-old, I watched this and I went, no, he can't. Yes, he can. That's not a thing there humans are, can do. There are there are people that can hold their breath for that long. In 2012, German freediver Tom Sietas held his breath underwater Six for minutes. 22 minutes oh. and 22 seconds. Well, he obviously died. No, here's the thing. I have 22 heard, minutes? I have heard of divers doing it for six minutes, but four minutes isn't outrageous. Uh, That's outrageous to me. No. 22 minutes is the sort of thing where you like do like serious hyperventilating with like pure oxygen and that sort of thing yeah. and, just, and then like go under. But even just like normal people could do four minutes. Four minutes? Four minutes. Here's four what, minutes here's is a very long here's time. Here's what we're going to do. You guys continue on with the podcast. I will hold my breath. Okay. And time it. You will be cheating every no, step of the I will way. Not. I swear I will not. I'm too competitive to cheat. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna start a stopwatch. Okay, start the stopwatch and then uh, we'll honor system here. Gina, me and Chan will continue the podcast. Gina will try to hold her breath. We'll see how long she goes. She's doing the hyperventilating to get oxygen. Okay, Gina has started. She is not breathing. Plug your nose. Plug your nose. Oh yeah, plug your nose. Watch your watch your mouth. So she doesn't. I like believe Gina when she says she will do this honestly and earnestly. My only problem is I'm worried she is going to pass out, and then we will have to uh, call the authorities for help. Uh, this also makes great radio, by the way. I mean, I'd point this wait a out. Why would you? Why would we? Need, if someone passes out from uh, holding their breath, you call the cops. They wake up because their body starts breathing. Unless they forget they need to breathe anymore. That's not how that works. Well, Gina, it's been four minutes. How do you feel? <laughs> Yeah, Gina's already struggling. We're at the 40-second mark. She is oh, having a hard oh, time. She is, oh, she's waving me off yeah, now. Oh, she's just well, doing I'm just going to continue forward. We'll see where we end up here. Because uh, Dr. Mulaney absolutely surrenders. He goes, this plan is too good. I have to just give it up, which made me wonder if Mulaney was in on it the whole time, which he was not. Hold on a sec. Gina's writing a thing. Uh, yes. She's like, I 
realize now that men's rights activists have the right idea. Maybe they have a point after all. I feel bad for all of the terrible things I've said about them. <laughs> Women. She obviously constantly. thinks they're number one. That's what I'm getting from that hand gesture. And she is not responding in any way. So I have to assume that this is 100% on the level. Seems legit. I think she's breathing over there. I'm pretty sure she's uh, been cheating. <laughs> she's doing the finger wave <laughs> like Hulk Hogan caught in a sleeper hold. <laughs> no, no. no, no. Oh, let's let's check Gina's arm. One, <laughs> two. No, it's back up again. <laughs> well, here's the deal. Uh, okay, so here's a question I have for you, Chan. Serpentor really paints himself into a corner here with logics. Uh-huh. You, we, we're into game theory. We're into that uh-huh. kind of a thing. <laughs> there she goes. Did not make it two At minutes. One fifty-six. <sighs> one fifty-six. Gina's out. I am just That's a basically normal four person, minutes. though. And by the way, I have asthma. So if I can do almost <laughs> two minutes, you're telling me you don't think a, a normal... Now I'm lightheaded. Okay, now here's the deal, Gina. Yeah, uh, he's also exerting himself like crazy. Yeah, I get it, but you're saying it's impossible. I'm impossible. saying I am a tiny human being with tiny lungs and asthma, and I did tiny. basically two oh, minutes. If you're a tiny and human being, you should need less oxygen. Y'all motherfuckers were making me laugh, so that is not fair. Whoa, Gina <laughs> finds the concepts of uh, men's rights activists to be fun and entertaining. She finds it a, a lot of good things I'm about just it. Saying, yeah, a yeah. deep sea diver could easily <laughs> do double what I just did. All right, all right. Here's the. Th- I okay. win. Uh, Look, what was the yes. argument in the first place? What were you saying, and what were you Ray saying? Ray was saying it's insane. Four minutes is completely insane, and I was saying average people can do almost four minutes. I don't even think an average person can do almost four minutes. That seems crazy to me. I am an average person who did two minutes. I feel like I could barely get to four seconds. Uh, Gina, four minutes. The difference between the difference from zero to two minutes and the difference from two to four minutes. Uh, yeah. Would you say it's exponential? I, I get Worlds it. Apart. I get it. I'm gonna Google Worlds how long apart. can deep sea you know divers what, hold their breath. Gina can hold her breath for two minutes twice. There are four. Four minutes is perfectly okay, reasonable. here's the thing. I challenge both of you. I, I say now now we continue on with okay. this, and we see how long Chan can hold his breath. Oh, for. I can't hold my breath at all. No, I can't really do it either. I, I couldn't even try. It's, it's not even worthwhile. It's not possible. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I'm fat. I can't. I need my, I need my wind. Okay. Um, Look, I want to talk about my, this. Yes. My problem isn't with holding uh, one's breath for four minutes. Um. We'll set aside the problem of getting around the space needle and disarming four bombs in the vacuum of space. I get it. I get it. But here's the thing. It says it says most people in good health can hold their breath for approximately two minutes. Two that, minutes. Oh, that look is at Gina average, boasting about her good that health. Is, wow. That is an average. Look person. who's healthy. That is an average person. Some free divers can hold their breath for more than 10 minutes. Okay. So you're so honestly, 4 minutes for him is not that impressive. Uh here we got can only disagree. <laughs> uh the current non-oxygen aided uh breath holding record is 11 minutes and 35 seconds. Jeez. Uh it's insane. Yeah. Um, also, and, and was he disarming bombs while he did it? But here's the thing, also keep in mind that he is bre- he can breathe out. So that means like 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 for instance, I was I was holding my breath. I held it for two minutes. If we had added on time where I could have gone, 
and ex- expelled air. Well, also, he's got the fish tank on his head, so he when so we get there, there's a little bit of oxygen. There's a little Negative bit of 454.81 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, that, that's Chan. That's why you wear the trash bag. That's <laughs> negative two hundred and seventy point four five degrees Celsius. See, my other issue with the trash bags is the vacuum of space crushing you. Uh, the negative pressure of a vacuum. If you put on a fucking hefty cinch sack <laughs> with duct tape, sir. So you guys have different problems. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief. What I can't believe is how General Hawk pronounces the name Serpentor. How because does he pronounce that it? That is ridiculous. Wait, what? He is you. Can you? Is there? Is it possible to get a sound poll? General Hawk saying the name. But the Joe team will stage a rescue long before you have to meet Serpentor. Serpenter. Serpenter. All that for Sir- that, huh? Hey, come on. If we had found it right away, it would have been worth it. Because yeah, he for the record, it. this was uh, 90 seconds of me searching for the <laughs> Yeah, great. Uh, there's, there's a great moment here. Uh, well, one, uh, uh, Sir, uh, okay, they say summon the Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts never show up in this episode that I remember. Uh, they do. Do they? I don't remember. Uh, they I don't remember them being up, there at all. No, they blow up the rescue mission. Oh. It's off stage. Okay. But they say that like our rescue mission just got blown up by the Dreadnoughts. Thank you. Because I just remember being like, oh, some of the Dreadnoughts. Cool. So they must have. Nope. I don't see them anywhere yeah. else in this episode. There was probably like 30 seconds that they cut out for time that was them just showing up. And... Here's the thing that I wrote. Uh, he says, I can hold my breath for four minutes. I can endure space easily. And I'm pretty sure that's not how that shit works. No, well, he knows, because uh, being a Navy SEAL, he's in space a lot. I'm pretty sure that just being able to hold your breath is not, that's all it takes. does not mean that you can survive space easily. Gina? Otherwise, that astronaut test would be a lot easier than it is. I just don't understand. He's a real American hero. <laughs> Thank you. I like that the girls are helping in this episode. Oh, yeah. They're getting involved. I like that they are not just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. No, that's what the dudes in the club are doing. To be fair, they're only helping with fashion. Uh, (laughs) They're the ones who think to put a fishbowl on his head. Thank you. Fashionable. Also, would absolutely uh, explode in the vacuum of space. No, but also later on, they help pry open a door. That is a physical challenge. Fair enough. Well, here's the deal. Wetsuit passes the fuck out. Uh, after four minutes, he gets to he gets every bomb deactivated but one, uh-huh. and then he passes. He completely just passes out out there. And then there's just a great moment where he's just being shouted at, being like, "Wetsuit, yeah. keep disarming those bombs." So this reminded me of don't have brain damage. Uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game for NES. Oh wow, okay. Which uh, the first level was you're you're playing in the sewers. And then the second level is uh, you have to deactivate a bunch of bombs that are underwater. Okay. And uh, you slow, you like get hit by algae, and you have a time limit because I guess the turtles are gonna drown. Do turtles drown? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you do need. They're amphibians, right? Yeah, well, I mean, they'll drown if you keep them under for like a day. Yeah, yeah. So, so is this to... a timed mission where you have a full day to complete it? Yeah, I mean, they're half they're they're really? mutants. So really, maybe why even time they're, it? There, but yeah, it was it was you had to deactivate bombs underwater, and you had to find where they were. It was a very hard level. Well, you guys out there know what I'm talking you about. You know. Well, okay, so we find out that Serpentor is gonna hit, hits the detonator. We got 60 seconds to blowing up. In that 60 Why would you set Why would you do that? Should be immediately. Second. Yeah. First off, that detonator must have a real long like like antenna on it to reach all the way up into space. Also, if if dial tone was not here, they would be fucked. They're fucked. 
Well, okay. So we have 60 seconds. We find this out. G.I. Joe reports to Dial Tone that they have 60 seconds, like, what, 12 seconds into that? At which point, uh, Dial t- they come up with the plan. Leatherneck hobbles together a second spacesuit in this period of time, gets himself out. They get wetsuit in the airlock. Leatherneck goes out the airlock and then goes out and, de- and defuses the bomb all in that 60 seconds of time. One of them is a wizard of time and space. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I thought that this was going to. I thought that what was going to happen was a uh, 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 wetsuit was out there. He needs some oxygen. So I thought Leatherneck was going to fill up his lungs with oxygen <laughs> and then give him a deep romantic kiss. Oh, okay. He's transferring in space. O- oxygen. Yeah. Negative 454 <laughs> degrees. Deep romantic space kiss. And then, because because this is what this relationship has been building to. We okay. all know this. This Into relationship it. has been building to these two men getting it on. Okay, that's a theory. That's that's the truth. That's what they're riding towards. Well, I was actually about to say this is like this is when the episode becomes Dragon Ball Z, where you find out the planet's going to blow up in ninety seconds, and then five weeks later, we're still doing episodes where things uh-huh. are happening. Uh this is not a good. This is not a good universe for scientists to live in. No, they get kidnapped and like, uh, yeah, all the I time. I mean, this one scientist alone has had a world of horrors upon him. I feel like in this world, we have the horrors of sex trafficking. In the G.I. Joe world, we have the horrors of scientist trafficking. I, I'm down. And, but Mulaney should be used to it at this point, a remember, because he's been kidnapped before. In a big old yeah. container that gets shipped. He, I love him though. He's he's managed to he's managed to screw over Cobra twice now. He must be like on their board of of people they want to to get back at. He must be like moving up the ranks. Yeah, because this time he 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 sabotages all the planes, and he's smart enough to get himself on the battlefield to get back to uh, GI Joe again. This seemed not so smart to me because he goes into a plane that is going to. Well- to oh, be fair, that's explode. not his choice. He's like, get him. Yeah, yeah. That's why the fireback guy, the uh, AVAC, takes him in. Okay, but here's the question that I have. So we established that uh, this nitrogen uh, thing doesn't work, okay? That's the that's the spoiler alert, end of the episode. Uh, so, there are so many things that are telegraphed in this episode, like the thing. Yeah, the fucking things don't work. You know that the planes are going to blow up. There's no surprise there. So, But here's my question, though, because they I use forgot. his... Yes, I forgot that they were going to blow yeah. up. To be honest, well, they they use his nitrogen uh, engine schematics to alter one of the rockets on the uh, uh, on the the dance club to shoot it back into Earth's orbit again and then land. And my question is, how come that doesn't blow up? Because we established at the end, this thing doesn't work. How come it only works in this one exact case? Negative is it 454 degrees? Oh, so can- now we care what temperature it is in space. Can we get a sound clip of that waiter? At the end. The waiter? Yeah. The waiter that I want to die. God damn it, Gina. <laughs> no, come on. <laughs> Guys, you just have a random three seconds nobody thought about oh, somewhere in the episode. No, no, no. You had to have captured this because it's so crazy. I have no idea this what you're talking thing. about. This is a waiter screaming, we're all gonna die. <laughs> it's a male waiter screaming that. Okay, I take it all back. That was pretty good. That was worth it. That was worth it. We're all going to die. An actor conveys panic.
It's, I mean... Um, well, and it, okay, a big question I also have from this episode, why does Serpentor want this nitrogen fuel? It's not like... The whole purpose is that it saves money. Since when does Cobra give a shit about saving money? I they just spent a million on a rocket ship dance club. A, a billion. But also, yeah. isn't, it, isn't it because they go faster? It makes it go faster? Nope. No. You have nitrous oxide because I, you I watch thought... too many Fast and Furious films. <laughs> I thought in this episode it was it makes them go faster. No, the point is to not ever have to uh, pay for jet fuel again, which is a huge expense, I'm that's sure. That's true. It probably uh, is. While we're talking about yes. shit that's a problem with this episode. I haven't found anything against her. The, the thing about getting back to Earth. Okay, I had a little issue uh, with, your, with your little dance club is not that you need rockets to propel yourself back to Earth. If you're not far enough out, and it doesn't look like they're far enough out, you'll get back to Earth <laughs> without a rocket. The problem is, when you have something large like that screaming towards Earth, it gets hot. It gets real hot. Mm-hmm. There is 0% chance that they put heat shields on this thing. <laughs> There's it's just a glass window. <laughs> that they invented anti-gravity uh, <laughs> so that they can come down easily and slowly. Well, it's weird because the rocket propels them towards Earth and then somehow in this process flips over upside down and then helps gently like land them, which... I- it's yeah, not well, meant to do that. This was never prepared for re-entry. Those are all the guiding rockets that obviously are on there for reasons. Mm-hmm. For reasons. Um, yeah, and then uh, it crashes. It flat out comes from space, hurdles towards Earth, crashes, and nobody's buckled in. God. Nobody's strapped to the walls. I hope that waiter died. It says here wow, only the waiter died. He's the only one that can perceive his own mortality. No, because in TV, anytime you have someone panic, in any horror movie or TV episode, the person panicking always has to die. There it is. Rules. Well, there's a big air combat battle, and then we think the episode's over, and it's like the Lord of the Rings uh, final movie. No, we got more scenes. We also get another callback. We get another callback to the Cobrathon of virus. Main fr- and I'm not exactly sure. At this point, I'm not even worried about it. Uh, mainframe somehow put a virus in Mulaney's information uh, yeah. di- floppy disk, which somehow Cobra didn't use until this very moment. Of like, hey, I know that we failed. Let's go back and use that Mulaney information that we got him to get in the first place. Uh-huh. It was, and, and then it blows up. The Cobra the, computer blows up. It's so weird that they would do it this way. All they had to do was swap those last two scenes around. And it's like, okay, well, let's get the information. Oh, why is your computer doing a thing? Oh, it exploded. Then you cut to mainframe saying, hey, remember the Cobra virus? I installed it and it blew their shit up. Isn't that great? Instead, they switch it so the joke gets telegraphed. Yep. It's like, to get to the other side. What? Where's what the-, the chicken? <laughs> so, the ch- uh, uh, it, this Didn't is, work. Uh, whatever happened here, bad writing. And then the episode just ends. Like, we're just done. I Cobra, ha- uh, or uh, uh, say, Serpentor and Dr. My Men are under rubble. The end. I, I have a suggestion. They could have just, like, clearly people wanted to go to this club. <clears throat> They could have either not spent the billion dollars on the club and then not needed cheap fuel or kept this successful club going right. and used all of that income for fuel. Or just kidnapped people from the club. <laughs> you could have ducked drunk people at the end yeah. of the night over the course of weeks yep. and then and then shot them into space or whatever you want to do. Put them in, a, in, a, in an aquarium somewhere. I, I don't know. the space part is unnecessary. If if they just need to hold someone hostage and then tell Mulaney, hey, we're going to kill a hostage a day until you... Here's the thing. The animators had a whole bunch of leftover space footage <laughs> just a bunch of um, leftover from the invaders yeah, episode. yeah and they're just like uh i don't know uh, p- 
put the space needle up there. We what? haven't gone to space. Don't in a ask while. questions. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. Do it. We got this great uh, storyboard we put out with the space needle going to space. Because see, space, it's the needle, space needle. Space. I just got. Oh my yeah. god. That's yeah. that 100%. is literally the genesis of this episode. <laughs> yep. Call Buzz and tell him. We figured it. We yeah. know how you made this episode. Buzz, we got you this time. <laughs> well, guys, and that will do it for this episode of uh, Knowing is Half the Podcast. Uh, we got a little bit of contact information we got to give before we're done here. So you hit us up Facebook.com slash Knowing is Half the Podcast. You can support us on Patreon. Five bucks a month gets you uh, all our back bonus vault. And if you do $20 a month, you can't. Oh, and stickers and magnets and stuff. For 20 bucks a month, you'll get all of that. Plus, you can tell us cartoons to do, and we will, we will, we will do them. We'll do episodes about them. We got a Hulk Hogan rock and wrestling episode still to do this month and i am fired up for it i'm not going to lie so That's, we have a rick and morty that we're we also doing? have a rick and morty we're going to do yep uh so it's face uh, patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast uh you can also hit us up on instagram knowing is half the podcast and on twitter it is at gi joe podcast but individually i am at almighty ray I'm at 999. I'm at Gina Ippy. We finally lost Chan. He's finally fell asleep. He made it longer than I thought he would. He's got one more podcast to do tonight, so I don't know how this is even going to work. But in any case, guys, that will do it uh, for Joe's night out. It should have been like uh, uh, out to lunch, maybe out to launch, out to... Ray's Ray's on a time crunch because he needs to go kill himself. I have to go put on my finest suit. What is wrong with you, man? Chad is really genuinely upset with me right now. Man, maybe say Joe's night out of this world. <laughs> I mean, that was slightly better than your first one, I guess. Out of out of town. <laughs> oh, hey, Ray. We haven't been recording this entire time. It's probably for the best. Sorry, man. Bye. Hey, you. No, 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 no. Don't look over here. Keep your eyes on the road. Got something for you. Take a listen to this. In the newest Pokemon, they have Score Bunny, which is a starter. What? Yes. Score, score Bunny? So it's, it's a fire bunny that plays soccer. He kicks balls. He scores. Great. Score, like Scorch, I think. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like goal. Like Score Bunny. <laughs> Rad. There's Score Bunny who uses his mad soccer skills to steal, I think like donuts or something like that. How does he use his soccer skills to steal donuts? He kicks it. Oh, yummy. The best part is though, Score Bunny wants to go and follow Ash and go on big adventures. Oh but my Ash god, is like, Ash is still the main character of the anime? Yes, where have you been? Yeah, so Ash is like, I'm getting on the train, I'm leaving, Score Bunny. And Score Bunny's like- Is it because like, he's 80 years old? That's why he sounds like that? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes donuts taste better than a foot coming in contact with them. <laughs> If you like what you heard and love co-op with your friends, check out Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. That's Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast.